T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. We are going to talk to Ian Camacho, the Camacho Macho Man, here in, uh, I'm not even the person that does that. I don't do nicknames. His is just so easy and fun to do. The Camacho Man from Look Ahead America is coming up in the next segment. Uh, we're going to talk about voter integrity, election integrity in general. One of the reasons I love Look Ahead America and Ian Camacho is their research tech is that they bring the receipts. Uh, They only look at things and talk about things that they have the evidence for. They have the smoking gun. If it's that, I mean, if you want to call it that. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it'll just be a few votes in a a precinct, for instance. But they have them. And if it's not widespread, well, first of all, great. But at least they let election officials know that they're watching. That's actually one of the reasons I'm more encouraged than ever going into this election here is that we have more people watching and ready to point out weird things in our elections than ever. And maybe they're completely on the up and up, but at least we're watching. At least we're saying, hey, what's this right here? Explain this to me. You know, um, hopefully we're not being jerks about it, but we are being very vigilant about it. And I believe that we are. That's one reason I'm, I'm confident going into Tuesday and uh, even beyond that, that we're going to be very, very watchful of these things. And that we're not going to give in to pr- the pressure that says that these are enemies of democracy. Just because somebody is concerned about elections, they actually agree with then about 78% of Americans. It's not the minority. It's the minority that yells about it and says, these people are a threat to democracy. Well, you're against the majority, the vast majority of Americans who want to make sure we have secure elections then. Let's play the game of lies. The game of lies! I'm going to read a story here from Reuters. Let's see if you can grab the lie. I'm just going to read it straight through. Uh, A lot of times I like to add commentary as we go to make it a real game. But this time, I think the article will speak for itself. This says, two leaders of a Texas nonprofit with a history of spreading false claims about voter fraud were jailed on Monday for not complying with the judge's order to identify a person behind the data at the heart of their claims of conspiracy involving China. U.S. District Judge Kenneth Hoyt ordered Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbright, leaders of True the Vote, 
You've heard of True the Vote. Detained by U.S. Marshals for one day and further until they fully comply with the court's order. They've been detained for one day and maybe further is, is the point there, according to a notice from the federal court in Houston. Now, if you're not familiar, I'm going to pause here for a second. If you're not familiar with True the Vote, True the Vote was the subject of, um, that's not all they've done, but 2,000 Mules, they were the data behind that movie. They've done a lot of things. And if you type into right now your search engine, 2,000 Mules or True the Vote, the top probably several pages will be debunked, 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 and then you'll just leave. Um, But of course, it's about the claims themselves. Let me get back to this. Maybe I just gave you a hint here. Hoyt, a Ronald Reagan appointee, the judge, had given Phillips and Engelbright until Monday morning to hear to identify a man who helped them access data related to their allegations that a Michigan-based election software company had transferred sensitive poll worker information to China. Phillips and Engelbright declined to name that man, claiming their hands were tied because that man is an FBI informant, according to a person who attended the hearing. They were escorted out of the courtroom by U.S. Marshals. Lawyers for Phillips and Engelbright did not respond to a request for comment. Hoyt, the judge, is overseeing a defamation case brought last month by the election software company, Konek Inc., against True the Vote and its principals over claims they made about Konek and its founder, Eugene Yu. They allege the company was holding personal information on some 1.8 million poll workers on a server in China and accused you, you, why you, not you, <laughs> who immigrated to the United States decades ago of being a Chinese operative. A lot, of, a lot of claims here, right? We'll get to the point. Their allegations triggered an investigation by the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, which charged you with two felonies earlier this month. Those allege you violated the company's contract with Los Angeles County that restricts access to poll worker data to citizens and permanent residents inside the United States. Konek and you have denied the allegations. Yu's arrest has been hailed by some right-wing organizations focused on voter fraud as vindication of their warnings about the vulnerability of U.S. election systems, including to hacking by overseas adversaries like China. At the same time, the defamation case in Houston has raised questions about the backing of True the Vote's claims. And then the last paragraph, True the Vote's research was behind the widely discredited 2000 Mules film that claimed to have discovered widespread voter fraud during the 2020 presidential election. Did you, did you spot the lie yet? Now, I just read the last paragraph. The first paragraph, once again, two leaders of a Texas nonprofit with a history of spreading false claims about voter fraud were jailed on Monday. The entire article, this is Reuters, outside of the opening paragraph, with, which says they, are, they spread false claims, and the last paragraph, which says that they are widely discredited. The entire article is giving them factual credit for discovering voter irregularities and you could say fraud, or at least issues with where voter data is stored. They made claims that China was hosting voter data and that's illegal. In L.A., Los Angeles County, Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, discovered that they were right. The whole article is about how they were right. Yet the opening paragraph and closing paragraph just say they are discredited and they spread false claims. 
Yet the the rest of the article is about how they are correct. <laughs> so I I think I helped a little bit there, and I'm sorry that if I, I sort of did too much in helping you play the game, but this is the game of lies, and I think that uh, I I probably pointed out that lie a little bit too much, and I apologize for that. I, I should have, as a good host, stepped away and let you play the game. And one big prize is, see, that's the problem. If you had gotten this right, if you had just called in and you had played the game, as I had originally intended, you know what you would have won? A yacht. <laughs> you know, isn't that amazing? But I kind of stepped on your toes. I took, I gave you the answer, and so the judges said, no, right, we're going to hold the yacht back and you can't get the yacht yet. My fault, again, we'll just have to play next week. This is Wiggins America. Again, Ian Camacho, the Camacho Man, will be up next here on Wiggins America with Look Ahead America, talking about factual claims like we just talked about. Going into Election Day on Tuesday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, they were advising people to, you know, uh, claim to be uh, indefinitely confined because of COVID. Um, and so, you know, the clerks got that wrong information. And so that was the source of a lot of the problems was this group. Um, but the, what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to look at this material and say, OK, this is valid. Right. Because you can file a complaint against the clerks if you're feeling that they're not doing their job because you provide that evidence. Or you can file a complaint against a voter. Right. And we had we had both in here. We had some clerks who were like, listen, we gave this in front of them. That voter's still on the roll. There's no reason they should be on the rolls. We're filing a complaint against them. And then, you know, to the voters. But in both cases, or in both, I guess both types, I should say, they uh, just rejected it. And actually, it was not even, it was 501. So, you know, our volunteers were surprised because they thought, like, wow, only one person fought against it. They're like, no, I said, that's, that's, an, <laughs> that's actually an abstention, that last one. So, like, it was pretty much unanimous, um, you know. Yeah, Ian, we're, we're talking with Ian Camacho, Look Ahead America here. I, I, I look at and I've seen how well documented you uh, have everything. And when you issue a complaint or, or uh, 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 issue a, uh, a warning that, hey, something is off here, uh, you have the receipts. I mean, you, got, you let me see them, and, and I think they're available to anybody who wants to see them with some redactions for personal safety, of course, but uh, they're there. So when the Election Commission of Wisconsin files the, or says this, uh, this threat that they're going to fine you if you continue to do this, are they issuing that specifically to you because they're tired of you, or are they just doing this across the board to everybody? Well, luckily, I guess they didn't actually do it. It, it seems like it was more of like a form letter type thing. Because at first, when I saw it at first, I was like, whoa, 
uh, and our volunteer was understandably upset, you know, because she was the first one to get it. Um, and we had a couple of but she was the first one to get it. And I think, wait, they threatened you this. And I was like, this isn't frivolous. It's well documented. What are you talking about? That's weird. I mean, I have seen some examples where there were some ridiculous ones where people were like suing Obama and they have no jurisdiction over that. Right. But then there was like these ones were pretty documented. Um, and again, they gave no reason. She, she this is the volunteer who followed up with the attorneys. Um, but those. Yeah, it's pretty much it seems like a form letter that they give because then the other volunteers got similar things. But it's pretty much just a, like, don't bother us. You know, we're not going to do anything here. And that's I mean, it, it almost kind of seems like it's it's not meant to encourage. It's meant to discourage and. You could almost say it's a form of voter intimidation, really, because it, it would, again, it would be one thing if it was a frivolous lawsuit or that's not lawsuit, excuse me, complaint, which could be a lawsuit later. <laughs> We're thinking about it, but you know, as far as as far as complaints go, um, yeah, like I said, we had all the, we had all the evidence, and it's not so much again the rejection that was the part that was the insulting part. It was the lack of explanation why we were like, you know, was it past the was it past the time that we could complain for this? Was it a, the wrong citation? Do we have the wrong person? You know, we did they have some exception? We never, we never found out. And again, this that add that insult to injury. It was the threat of five hundred dollars for every complaint, and that upset our volunteers quite a bit. But Ian, we have their back. Ian Camacho with director uh, director of research with Look Ahead America on the phone with us. You know, we're transitioning here a little bit to national uh, midterms. We're a couple days out from the midterms here, and. Uh, how are you feeling? Because you don't just do stuff in Wisconsin. You're doing things in basically the big swing states. How are you feeling going into this election? Or should we, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they just don't have the confidence that their vote matters like it should. Should we have confidence? Well, that's a good point you're actually making. We're actually also doing another thing. We're actually challenging uh Ballots, early ballots and vote-by-mail ballots. As you mentioned, we are working in Wisconsin, but we're actually working in eight other states as well. Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and uh, I think there's another one I forget. And Wisconsin, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so if you go to lookaheadamerica.org slash challenge info, you can sign up and say, I live in this county. Um, just provide your vote information because we've got to make sure it's actually you. And you're actually, by law, you're allowed to, you know, each state's a little different when the cutoff is and how you do it, but you are allowed to challenge early voters and uh, vote by mail. We provide people who have, it seems, according to the National Change of Address, moved out of state and are no longer eligible. Um, what you will at that point do is you'll have to provide, you know, this is the obituary or this is the property records, you know, being sold or this is them registering in a new state and they're not eligible, that kind of thing. But we're going to give you the bulk of the work. You just got to do a little extra digging. Um, but we actually are hoping our people are going to get involved in this because it's, it's, it's not enough to just feel discouraged, right? We actually need people to get involved and, and challenge some of these. We have found a handful of things here. We have found some people who died and who shouldn't be on the rolls. We have other people who shouldn't be voting at all in that state. Um, and I would say, you know, back to Wisconsin and kind of tying this all in. First of all, you have to you have to vote, um, you know, because, for example, in Wisconsin, if I'm saying we need to dissolve the Wisconsin Elections Commission because they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, people in Wisconsin need to vote. But then, of course, once that happens and they get the people who they like in power who are interested in doing that, um, they need to contact their senators and representatives after the election and work to, for example, dissolve the WEC and then put it perhaps, uh, back in the hands of the secretary of state like they do in other states. Same thing in every other you know, uh, state of the, your, your listeners here. Everyone just needs to get involved. I know – Basically, you have to basically have so much um, a show of force that people are coming out and interested. 
that that's how you're going to get people who want to represent you, right? Like if, if not, it's going to be a negative cycle where they think, okay, they don't care about it. So you're going to get the kind of people who don't care about you running, right? So like you do need to show up as well uh, and volunteer. You can do things like poll watcher, poll worker, things like that. There's tons of opportunities. Um, people just can't be outsourcing it to everybody. You got to also do some of your part as a citizen. And that's what we're trying to help you do as a, as a nonprofit here. So if people even here in Missouri or Illinois, they see something that they say, eh, something's up with that, and maybe they're not connected to uh, politicians or a group, can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you go to lookaheadamerica.org and sign up as a volunteer, if you go to the lookaheadamerica.org slash volunteer, um, or you could even go to the lookaheadamerica.org slash challenge info, you can say, listen, I don't live in one of those nine states that you're challenging right now. Um, but we will try to direct you to, you know, how to go about challenging a person. Like say, you say, Hey, you know, I know my, my neighbor moved out of state and, uh, I, I see that they're still getting ballots or whatever, or I have someone, you know, I moved into this home and I'm just getting ballots for someone who no longer lives here. You can challenge that, right? Like each state has its own process, but you can be the change you want to see as the saying goes and go ahead and do that. And you'll, it'd be good. You'll get a chance to experience the whole process, you know, who your local, uh, clerks are, that kind of thing. Um, that's what I would just recommend. Just start, and we will try to give you that guidance and help you as best as we can. Ian Camacho, Director of Research at Look Ahead America. I'm sure within a few days here, you're going to have a whole new slate of data to look through, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. On the one hand, I'm looking forward to the election being done. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, man, there's going to be so much more coming in. (laughs) But I will say, you know, compared to 2020, I know, like, listen, there's always going to be issues. It's just the nature of any project, right? Like elections. It gets busy. It's never going to be 100% perfect, but we can get it better. Compared to 2020, things are a lot cleaner. Not to say that it's perfect and not to say that there's no issues, but uh, compared to before from what I'm seeing, I I don't see as many uh, questionable things. Um, And so we've been working to tighten that up, and hopefully moving forward, it gets better and better. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, and that's why we try to just give real data, and that's why we publish this too. We want people to see it because these are all private letters that the WEC didn't want people to see. So we try to publish that, and you know, we show the receipts so that there's no question that we're not making things up. You know? Yeah, I love cautiously optimistic. I think that's probably about where I stand too. It's not that uh, we figured everything out, but there are certainly so many more people like yourself looking into these things and so many more just citizens who are aware that there could be problems and they're keeping their eyes out. So I think going into Tuesday, I feel pretty good. And Ian, I thank you for your work and your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ryan, always a pleasure to be on. And again, if someone wants to volunteer with us, they just go to lookaheadamerica.org slash volunteer. If they can't do that and make a donation, they're also welcome to do that. Um, or they can join us on Discord at uh, discord.gg slash lookaheadamerica, and you can socialize with other like-minded patriots. And we have movie nights and all kinds of fun stuff there as well. So it'll be a good time. But yeah, uh, Tuesday's going to be pretty exciting. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, we'll catch up after we have some more results. More Wiggins America coming up next. Do you know what this is? I'll let it play. It's right on the tip of your tongue. You just can't quite place it. What cover is this? It's an orchestral cover of the original Super Mario Brothers. But now that you know that, can you tell me which level this is? It's any of the underwater uh, levels. 
So now you know it. And now you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're of the right generation, anyway. If you miss this whole generation, you know what? Even if you're a parent in this generation, you probably know the music. So I would say the vast majority of America knows this song. I just took a guy's trip about a month ago. Bunch of guys that I, I know from high school. I shouldn't even say a bunch. It's really just five of us that have maintained pretty good friendship. And once a year now, when we turned 40, we decided we were going to do it because we don't ever see each other. Well, now we decided we're going to do it every year as the Lord allows. So we did it again this year, and it was a lot of fun. Well, one of the things I always bring on that trip is an NES emulator. And they're selling these things now. I think I may have saw one in Aldi. They, they're they really cool. The ones I'm seeing now are full arcade machines. Now they're kind of small versions of an arcade but they've got hundreds and hundreds of old NES games on them, which super cool. I love that stuff. And I've got one of those little bitty ones that you can plug into an HDMI port on a TV now. And it's got over 600 games on it. I thought this was going to be one of the best gifts I ever got. And it may have been. The problem is that clearly this was not made I, I don't know all the licensing. I don't know any of that stuff. But it wasn't made by somebody who was intending for you to have a terrific time playing the games. There's no menu. So you basically choose. <laughs> Here's how I know that it's somebody who didn't know what they were doing. You have to choose your language first. English or Chinese. So I always choose English because that's the language I speak. So once you choose English then you basically have no other choices other than to scroll through about 10 at a time the games that are available, 600 games. I've never even had the patience to get past about 300 of them because it just takes forever. And then when you click one, you play You don't know what half of them are. You play it, and then you step back out, and you go, ah, that stinks. I'm going to reset it. Well, there's no way to reset other than to actually physically hit reset on the thing. And then you have to start all over and scroll through all those screens again. So it's not set up well. However, some of the first 100 I will play. And one of those includes, not Mario. That one's a little deeper, but I will play that one. And I love Mario 2 and I love Mario 3. Beyond that, I didn't really get into them. But they had RBI Baseball. Now, if you're a, if you're a fan, if you're a purist of the era... You know that RBI Baseball was one of the best games ever made for any system. The original RBI Baseball. The ones that followed, number two and number three, were okay. But the original, the gameplay was just fantastic. And I challenge you, if you're listening right now and you think you're decent at that game, or you used to love that game, or you're a gaming nut, good for you, I can beat you at that game. I can beat I can beat nobody at any game except the original RBI baseball from 1986. Now that does not make me a professional gamer, I understand. But I am fantastic at that game. So on the guys trip, I always bring the emulator and it's we're all the same age obviously. So we all take turn everybody takes turns trying to beat me. And since we were in high school, so now this is 25 years or plus, maybe even 30, close to 30. Literally nobody has ever beat me at RBI Baseball. So what's the point of this story? None. It is for me to brag about that one game. And I challenge you, if you think you're great, 
let me know. I would love for you to attempt to beat me, understanding that you won't. Now, here's the real story. Here's why I came in with Mario. You have been playing Mario wrong your whole life. This isn't just, you know, fun stuff from Game Genie or little code stuff. This was built into the original game, maybe not the first version, but very shortly after. There's a cheat in Mario Brothers. So I believe, even on the emulators, this would probably work, although I never tried it because I'm just finding out about it myself. But, you know, when you play the original Mario, you'd play for hours. There's speed runs now, which are really fun to watch on YouTube, that somebody can beat the whole game in, you know, 10 minutes or less or something like that. Well, it used to take me probably 45 minutes at least, even using all of the little warps and stuff to get further in the game, to get to the final battle with Koopa. So <clears throat> when you died, though, what would happen was you would, if you used up all your lives, you would revert back to the very first screen again. You wouldn't get to pick up right there. Now, if you still had lives, you'd pick up right there. But once you ran out, it was game over. You couldn't pick, pick back up and start again unless you had Game Genie. Well, guess what? There was a cheat built into the original game. Like I said, maybe if you had the very first version of it, it wouldn't be in there. But since 1985, you have been able to restart the world you died on no matter what. Here's how you did it. You died. All your lives were gone. Let's say you were right at the end or something. Or let's say you were in World 5, whatever. But there's 5-1, 5-2, 5-3. So you die. All your lives are gone. Right when it goes to the title screen, the original title screen, you just hold down the A button and press start. The game restarts at the first level of the last world you died in. So let's say you were in 5-2. So you wouldn't get to start in 5-2, but you would start in 5. So at the beginning of the main level. Can you believe that? I, I, I can't believe that has been built into Mario since almost day one. And I've been just just an NES guy, never heard that in my life until yesterday. So I share that with you. Enjoy. More real news going into midterms coming up next on Wiggins America. Well, it's been a good show. It's been a good hour, especially here on Wiggins America. I'm saying that about myself. I'm basically praising myself. Good show, Ryan. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Uh, so stick around, though. Great stuff coming up next. But I also feel like I have abdicated a little bit of my responsibility of making a case for the midterms. Even if this is the last show, this is the last time we're going to talk before the midterms. I mean, I'll be on any show, of course, this week. But uh, this is my last chance to pontificate on what I think is going to happen, what I hope is going to happen. So I'm just going to leave you with a couple things. And yes, they are specific to Illinois. So if you're listening in Missouri or anywhere else, realize, though, that we're talking about, in some ways here, national problems. And if things uh, in Illinois go the way that they're going, <laughs> for instance, if the Safety Act passes, I mean, this thing's already going to be a law. It's going to take effect on January 1st. So it's it's, it's not as if it, we're going to wait and see what's going to happen. It's going to take effect unless we elect Republicans to stop it from taking effect. That's a fact. If you live in a border state, though, if you live in Missouri, <clears throat> for instance, and crime gets worse in Illinois, it's not as if that's completely 
insulated from you or isolated from you. It will bleed over. I mean, we've we've had conversations with people from St. Charles and prosecutors from St. Charles who say crime in St. Louis is getting bad enough that now it's leaking into St. Charles. That same kind of thing will happen if crime gets really bad in the Illinois side of St. Louis, for instance. That's where I live. So it's very, very personal to me that I want the Safety Act to be shredded and thrown away and never to be enacted. 100 out of 102 states' attorneys are against the Safety Act. 100 out of 102. Do you think those are Republicans? No. Those are actually, I would say they're primarily probably Democrats in Illinois. I know some states' attorneys. They're... They're not Republicans, but these people know this is going to make my job impossible to do. Crime's going to get worse. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it because you idiot politicians are getting in the way. The idiot politicians are the problem in Illinois. And it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans, too. But this time around, we've got some really good Republican candidates who are not part of that old machine of Republicans. Republicans did a lot of dumb crap in the 70s in Illinois that we're still paying for now. They tried to consolidate power. Well, then they immediately lost that power. And then Democrats have used the things that they put in place to retain power. That's true. We got some good Republican candidates, though, right now in a year where they can make a huge difference. I mean, you're talking big things that Republicans can do to make a difference in Illinois. So I say that because in a second here, Tom DeVore, who's running for attorney general, who really he may have more of an impact even than a governor Bailey would. I want to see Darren Bailey be the governor of Illinois. But I think that as attorney general, Tom DeVore could really be some gum in the cogs and and really mess up a lot of the things the Democrats are trying to do statewide that will affect downstate. So in just a second, I'm going to play for you a question that I got to ask him on any show this week. And you'll hear the guy knows what he's talking about. Before that, though, here's my appeal on Amendment 1 in Illinois. If you're not following this, not paying attention, maybe just because it's Illinois, it, this is hyper-local. I mean, this is a state issue, so if you're in Missouri, this one won't affect you. Missouri actually already does have a law like this, though. It's one of only two or three states in the entire nation that does. Amendment 1, they're calling it the Workers' Rights Amendment in Illinois. Now, I'm a worker. I would love to have more rights. I live in Illinois. I work in Missouri, but I live in Illinois. So like a lot of people, I hear that and I go, oh, yeah, okay. Except that I'm already wary of Illinois and what they're trying to sneak through. And this is a sneaky, sneaky bill. It's not just a bill. In fact, it is a constitutional amendment trying to pass collective rights legislation or or whatever, rights, collective rights rights uh, for union workers. Now, if you're a union worker and you hear that, because I do see union workers going, well, that's that's good then. You don't understand what this amendment is for. It's just for government unions. It's not for private unions. So that is 7% of the people of Illinois who work that will be affected by this. 7% will have basically carte blanche to spend as much of your tax money as they want for themselves. So if you're in a private union in Illinois, and you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, and you didn't know this, you will be paying more to subsidize government unions who will be negotiating with themselves. 
unfettered. I mean, they will have nothing blocking them because it's in the Constitution now. Illinois policy and people have said before, you know, this is a mess of a amendment because it's so it's intentionally vague so that a lot can be kind of written into it later through the courts. That's not even my biggest concern. My biggest concern is that it is a lie. The way they're presenting that, maybe even on the ballot as a workers' rights amendment, if you are of the 93% of Illinois residents who aren't in a government union, this will not affect you positively. It will only affect you negatively. The 93% of Illinoisans will pay for the 7% to get big raises and benefits all the time. It's not just going to be one time. It's going to be over and over and over forever because it'll be in the Constitution and we can't get rid of it. It's important to vote no on that amendment, not just because you don't like it, not just because of the things that I just said, but because they've written it in such a way that even if you just leave it blank, that's a yes vote, essentially. I don't want to get into the math because I've tried to do that before and it is a mess, but understand that 41% of Illinoisans who vote need to vote no on that. Otherwise, it'll pass. So it is a constitutional amendment, so it has to get to certain thresholds. That's good. But ultimately, vote no on it. Don't leave it blank because that's a yes vote. Vote no on Amendment 1 if you're listening to anything I'm saying and you agree with it. Obviously, you can make your mind up. If you're part of that 7% of government unions, hey, you're going to love it. <laughs> but if you're part of the 93% of everybody else in Illinois, you're going to hate it. Here is my question to Tom DeVore, who's running for state's attorney general in Illinois, about this safety act, though. What does he know? Wiggins, America. There's so only so much you can consume in, you know, the 30-second ads and the mailers and things where you have to get a point across. And just hearing you talk about the specifics, especially of the Safety Act, it, it's, it's very, very interesting. I live in Illinois, too. And one of those things that I've always come across, crime isn't a new problem in Illinois. We tend to, though, at least for me, I'm being selfish here, in the suburbs, we think about that as a city problem a little bit more. And so people talk about Chicago crime and we just shake our heads. We go, gosh, they need to figure that out in Chicago. What I'm concerned about in the suburbs is that coming to my town now. It's coming. With, with the Safety Act, it seems like they're opening the doors to so much of this. What can you, what can a good attorney general of Illinois do to not only draw that line around the suburbs for people like me, I don't feel safe again. But also re- reverse that trend because what we're seeing in Illinois and Chicago is, is, is something that's decades long. It's just growing, and this would just further that. How can you reverse that trend? Well, let, let me make sure. I, I'm not interested, with all due respect, of drawing a line around the suburbs because that's not fair to the people in the city. Right. Right? This issue, and, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because this issue that's going on and started within our cities, it's a statewide problem. And for those of us, I live in a rural community. You live in the suburbs. It's our problem, too, and we need to take it serious. So to the extent that this horrific law has created a conversation outside the city is a good thing because they need our help, right? One of the things we can specifically do is to repeal the Safety Act, repeal it legislatively or have it invalidated through the court of law. Kwame Raoul has already said that he's going to defend this law. He has to defend it because his top financial contributors have told him to do it. If I'm the attorney general, I will join the now 60, 58 or 60 states attorneys in Illinois out of the 102 that have sued the governor 
and the attorney general. The attorney general has been sued by 60 states attorneys. Think about that. I'd be ashamed of myself. But he's yet going to fight and defend the governor because of political survival. We can get rid of this thing. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. Cool, cool. We'll have a lot to report on next week, of course. We'll have a lot to report on Tuesday night. We're going to be covering that on 97.1, so tune in. We're going to be recovering that on the digital space with Annie Fry. We're going to be live on video, so tune into that, too. This is Wiggins America, and we will see you next time. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 